drop. Hey, Idaho Dems, welcome back to another episode of ID Pod. We're your hosts, Jesse Maldonado. And I'm Lindsay Johnson. And on today's episode, we have the president of the BSU Young Dems, Ivy Smith. We really honed in on the recent debate that happened um, about the diversity and inclusion policies at Boise State University. That happened a few weeks ago. Ivy helped organize the event, so it was really interesting to hear her perspective on things. And uh, she also helped kind of moderate the debate. So it was very interesting to talk to her about that and also about um, what's going on on BSU's campus and who even some of the BSU students are feeling for 2020. We, we talked about um, just kind of how the BSU, what the vibe is at BSU after that panel um, about the diversity and inclusion programs and um, just the reaction since then. And so Ivy's kind of like given us a little peek of what things are like at BSU regarding this controversial issue of diversity right now. So it was a great interview. It was a good interview. Unfortunately, those, these issues have become controversial. But uh, yes. with folks like Ivy and some of the, her other friends that are working on campus um, throughout different organizations, they're making them not controversial and fighting back. So If you ever want to uh, see a good debate about this issue, if you just hop on Idaho Dems on Twitter, you probably will see one rolling around every now and then. There you go. Tends to be a popular topic. I'm the one who tweets for Idaho Dems, yep, by the that's way. Lindsay. <laughs> Well, we're excited to have you back for another episode. We're excited to have Ivy on, and we hope you enjoy it, and we'll uh, see you next next week. So, Ivy, every time that we have somebody on the show, we ask them their favorite potato dish. Do you have one? Gosh. Uh, I'm going to say, like, super cheesy hash browns with, uh, Mm. like, Lowry seasoning on it. That's Mm. my favorite. Okay. It's so funny that nobody says the same thing. Mm-mm. Like, I love that. <laughs> we have gotten funeral potatoes a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, but, I but mean, that's different, though. Yeah, that's that's not the same thing. That's different for sure. It's just amazing. Like, we've never... I don't think we've ever had the same answer. Have we? Don't think so. And there's so many ways to eat potatoes. It's just so funny to me. It's endless. It's the yeah. perfect... Now, instead of giving avocados as a gift, we have to give everyone potatoes mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. gift. Because they're so versatile. <laughs> yeah. And there's no I shortage. No. Definitely. And no tariffs because we grow them here. So there you go. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so Ivy, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell the listeners who you are, um, where, you, where you are at in life, and we'll jump right in. Sure. Um, so I'm a senior at Boise State University. I'm studying environmental studies and uh, political science. Um, I'm uh, the president of the BSU Young Dems, um, and I'm also uh, the development director at Idaho Next Generation Leadership. That's You're nice. leaving out a few things, but I mean, we'll I could go in depth, <laughs> but it's just what's relevant today. Ivy has a lot on her plate. <laughs> um, so you graduate this semester in May. In May, yeah, I added another major this year, so oh, decided to. Go big or go home. Right at the eleventh hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. So what you added? Political science. Political science on. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So you hadn't, you weren't studying, you weren't majoring in political science before. No, I was just doing environmental studies, but it was just funny that the overlap was just so close that my advisor was like, you know, you only have nine more credits, and you'd also get a poli sci major, and I was like. Why not? Mm. I'm not ready to leave school yet, so yeah. Just decided I, I wasn't it. really either. It's kind of nice to be in school. Yeah. Are you from Boise? I consider myself from Boise. I moved here when I was pretty young, so okay. it's like seven. you grew up here. Yeah. You since you're 
president of the Young Dems and whatnot, did you have that moment that kind of clicked that made you want to be involved in politics that really was the course of things kind of changed in your mind? And you're like, this is something I really want to do, environmental policy or the environmental science that you're studying. Yeah. Um, I would always say that I was like pretty passionate about politics, but I always told myself like, no, I'm not going to get into politics because I just get so upset about them. And it just was like, it's going to be bad for my health if I go into politics. But then uh, I started off at Boise State as a biology major. And I started to realize that um, it's you're not going to be able to make the impact that you want to, at least like environmentally, mm-hmm. um, from a biology standpoint, like you're going to make the most impact from a policy standpoint. And that's when I switched to environmental studies because it came from a political background. Um, and it was once I realized that I actually, my first political experience was interning at the party, um, my freshman year over the summer. And it was just ever since then, um, I got really into politics and I actually met, um, Ariane there and he pretty much harassed me the whole summer to join Young Dems. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't have the time. And he was like, no, 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 you really need to do this. And it sounds like him. <laughs> yeah. After a whole summer of wearing me down, I finally did it. And here we are. And we make that joke all the time. Like, hey, remember that time that I was like, I don't want to do this. And well, here that's I am. one good thing we can give Ariane credit for. <laughs> the only thing. <laughs> we'll have to cut this out. We can't let him hear that. I, no, I want him to hear it. I want him to hear that. <laughs> You would enjoy the shout out, I think. So you got started with BSU Young Dems your sophomore year then? Yes. Of college. And mm-hmm. so you've been involved with BSU Young Dems ever since then. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us, give us the lay of the land of BSU Young Dems. Like, what does the organization look like? What do you guys do? Um, you know, there's been some recent things you guys have done that we want to talk about a little bit later, but just kind of give us a 30,000 foot view of BSU Young Dems. Yeah. Um, I mean... I would hate to use this word with just how heated it's been lately, but we would consider it like a safe space for people to come and share their ideas. Um, that of uh, Those words should not be controversial. <laughs> they so. shouldn't be, but here we are. <laughs> just say them loud and proud. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, especially being here in Idaho, it's sometimes really hard to be like, yeah, I'm a Democrat in such like a red state. So we just like to have a space where we can come together, talk about local and national issues. Um, And then we also really push um, to help our members uh, find internships and jobs and volunteering opportunities and just make sure that each person feels like they're getting the most out of this club as they can. Um, and then we do lots of like really fun events where we host, um, we just had like uh, Representative Wintrow come in and talk to us about what civil discourse means and how to actually participate in it. Um, and we do d- uh, events like the diversity debate with the college Republicans. And we've been really lucky the past two years to have like a good relationship with the college Republicans so we can continue to have events like that. That's, that's uh, encouraging to hear. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of times when that that isn't the case, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even even in our own backyard at the Capitol building, sometimes. No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah, Victoria Mayor's the new president over there, and she and I worked really closely on this debate, and 
it was really great being able to work together and having someone that actually like equally cared as much to make sure this event went well. Right. Um, And it was a good experience. And I think now we're planning on doing like a service project for the two of our clubs to like do together to show that we can have these controversial debates and still have an ongoing like working relationship um, without it impeding on that relationship, I guess, as well. That's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about that debate. So this is going to yeah. air a little bit later. This this debate just happened last week as we're recording this. But tell us kind of about how that came to be. Like, let's let's start even back when the letter was written to here. Kind of, you know, give us and the listeners a little bit of a rundown into how you guys ended up becoming involved and the debate ended up happening. Yeah. Um, so when the letter came out over the summer... Um, I sent out uh, this mass email to all these different student organizations because I knew so many students were gone over the summer. And I mean, if you're asking for my opinion here, I think it was a very tactful way to have this issue be brought up when over half our student bodies like back it was at thought home. Out. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Calculated. Mm-hmm. That's the word. There we go. And uh, so we... I sent out as many emails as I could just to see what student clubs were still around over the summer. And turns out um, Ryan Banks, uh, Camila, and Abby Barzi were um, already like in the process of getting this rally put together. And who are, who are these folks? Um, so Ryan and Camila are from the Black Student Alliance, okay. and they're also a part of the MLK Living Legacy Committee. And mm-hmm. then Abby Barzi runs the Troutmouth page um, on Instagram. Um, so I don't know what that is. Yeah. Wow. Are we getting old? Sorry. <laughs> what is that? Uh, she calls it trout mouth because it, uh, uh, she points out the fishy things going on in Idaho. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to give that a follow. Yeah. It's a cool page. It runs down a lot of like local issues that are going on. Okay, cool. But yeah, so we ended up partnering with them to, uh, we the BSU Young Dems wrote their own letter to Dr. Trump, a just to say, hey, like, welcome to our university. <laughs> no, it's your like second week of being here, um, and then also just like run through why we don't agree with the letter. And um, a, I mean, around that time, um, Dr. Trump had not specifically said that she was going to ignore the letter or even just like backing the diversity programs like she kind of said it in a roundabout way but just hadn't explicitly stated it um and so we were just hoping that with enough like signatures on this letter from students in the community that she could then just explicitly state her support um and then for a while we thought the issue died down and we were like oh yeah like things are fine and then i get an email Um, from Victoria from the College Republicans and she was like wanting to talk about having a debate um, and invited the Young Dems to co-host on this and uh, hit a few road bumps along the way uh, when we we weren't aware that the Idaho Freedom Foundation was the ones behind this whole event and (laughs) that was interesting to deal with but it was overall like a pretty cool experience just to get this event going it even just like the university itself like we ended up having a couple meetings with a few different departments um just like wanting to give us some support um like the president's office ended up like helping us like cover security costs and all this other stuff so it was really uh, cool to even just get some support from the university to have this conversation so we were there um there were a lot of people there 
a yeah. lot of students. And it seemed like based on the snaps and the applause, <laughs> it seemed that it was mostly um, in support of keeping the inclusion. Is that your perception? Yeah. Um, so we like saved the first four or five rows for students only. And even there was right. a few cl- um, professors who a required some students to come and they had a like right as the debate was going on and then a few other professors who offered like extra credit Mm -hmm. um so we made sure that students felt like hey this is a space that we created for you to come to the table because they hadn't had that opportunity to like no one consulted them on any of the letters that were sent to dr trump about what do you students want are you even like Maybe have they even asked students? They've been like, "Yeah, I'm totally fine with my like school dollars going towards these diversity inclusion yeah. programs." Um, but students weren't brought to the table, and so this was like their chance to be there and become educated on the issue since a lot of them were gone. Yeah, I think I feel like I mean I don't know, but it seems like a lot of what Representative Ehart is saying is not based in her going out and speaking to BSU students, asking them what how they feel about these programs. It's all, it all seems like it's been just her own thoughts or the thoughts of the rest of the people who signed the letter. Um, is that something that you feel is true? 100%. Um, I don't think I'd ever even seen like Barbara Ehart in person before. I mean, not that... I mean, I just never seen her come to campus to try to talk to students. Um, I even believe that Victoria, the College Republicans president, she even ended up reaching out to Barbara to even have this debate on campus. Um, it wasn't necessarily like Barbara wanted to come to campus and do this. Um, so I don't think that at any point any of those legislators had actually tried to talk to students and be like, hey, like, are you know, are you aware that we have these diversity and inclusion programs? and um, obviously, if they had, I mean, you've seen some of these articles about people not doing their homework, and they right. would also see that most of these diversity and inclusion programs aren't even being um, funded by tuition and fees. It's being funded by these grants and private dollars. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just interesting. Yeah. What's the conversation been like following the mm-hmm. debate? Has there been a lot of talk about it? Yeah, um, it was really cool to see the next day it was just you know walking through campus I would just hear like little conversations walking by of just students talking about it Um, I would say something that got brought up the most was just uh, shock and awe about uh, a a lot of people were really just excited that both legislators didn't always just seem to be on opposite ends on this issue like they agreed on some things Mm -hmm. up to a point Um, But it wasn't just this, let's have a big, giant argument, butt heads the whole time. Um, A lot of people felt like there was like this air of there could be a resolution in the future. It wasn't just this, we're going to be on opposite ends forever. Um, And then beyond that, there was also just, um, there's always a few lines that everyone likes to keep bringing up. and, And I think the line that a lot of people remember is when uh, Representative Ehart said that she didn't believe in hate speech. That's the first one I thought of when you said that, too. Yeah. Uh, that is still, I'm permanently shook by that. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> cannot get over that. I was just, I don't know how many times I was sitting there with my mouth just open, like, just in shock. Because I cannot believe I just heard what I heard. So, And I could tell, like, you could feel that in the audience. Um, the students were just kind of like, 
holy cow did she really just say that or yeah he or whoever like there was just a lot of those moments where it was yeah you could just feel that collectively in the room it, yeah. to me it was just super interesting when i was on city council in lewiston we brought forward a non-discrimination ordinance and basically all the opponents to it and it seems that the same thing here and when it comes to diversity and inclusion it's just purely off of fear-mongering um it's you know off of saying things that aren't actually true um aren't and, based in real yeah truth. and <laughs> now this um cur- most recent also um representative mm-hmm. christensen um, bringing up stuff oh, about yeah. you know gender inclusive bathrooms and stuff like that again oh, yeah, it's truly truly on. all based mm-hmm. in fear um it's not based in facts because when we have that conversation based in facts um more often than not the other side loses yeah i think uh that was also something that was really interesting to see was um so tammy nichols was supposed to be on our panel <laughs> Um, really? Yeah, originally it wasn't supposed to be Representative Zollinger, it was supposed to be Tammy Nichols, um, and then I think it was like a little less than a week out, wow. She, uh, we were notified that it was going to be Zollinger and weren't given a specific reason as to why she was no longer doing it. She was there. Yeah, and I she was there her. in the audience, so I was just really confused, but also like our Lieutenant Governor, like Janice mm-hmm. McGeechan was, was there. there. Um, so it was just really interesting to see how many people showed up but it was there's a definitely the people who were supporting like eheart and zollinger's message were people who were like within the party Mm -hmm. and then anyone who was like a student or like faculty within boise state they were all um, aligning with uh, matt and it just kind of shows you that it's all politically motivated yeah um those are the people who are on their side are the ones who would benefit from from that um and like what you're saying about fear-mongering reminded me of um representative ehart saying things like kids who wear maga hats can't even like they get bullied now or they feel afraid to speak up i mean you're not a republican um but is that something that is talked about do you hear that do students agree with that did you hear anyone say that they felt that way I have never heard someone say that they've felt that way until we started having this debate. And that was something that um, every time that Victoria and I would go out and talk about this debate beforehand, that's the issue that she kept bringing up. And Mm -hmm. I was really confused because never once was that the issue in the letter. In the letter, it was talking about these diversity and inclusion programs. Never once did they try to, you know, rope in political diversity within the classroom. Um, Mm -hmm. To me, it just felt like a way to let's take like a segue off of the letter Mm -hmm. instead of talking about the issues within the letter that they brought up. Let's bring up this whole other thing to make a different issue about. Yeah. Um, But if they wanted to to have that be, uh, I mean, so Scott Yenner, who was one of the moderators, Mm -hmm. who's also a professor at BSU in the political science department, um, he's written a few uh, papers um, that were very contentious and a lot of the campus didn't agree with them. But as you can see, he is still a professor. Nothing bad happened to him. No, and But he was, you know, then came out and was just upset that the campus wasn't supporting him. And, uh, you know, it was like, eh, I don't think mm-hmm. that uh, we have like a very like supportive, you know, campus community because he wrote this paper, but yet they also turn around and are like, when I say they, I'm talking about like Freedom Foundation, when they 
after this debate where we're talking about these like safe spaces and attacking what mm -hmm. that even means it's it's exactly what they're asking for it but, is and, they are asking for a safe space for them right yet anyone else who wants them is fragile and weak it almost snowflake. just feels like <laughs> dustin hurst didn't understand what snowflake meant so we had to google that for him but, i had um, to explain <laughs> uh shout out to our friend dustin hurst love you dusty um it's it almost felt like that letter was written in hopes that it would just kind of exist for a week or so and then it would go away they would never have to be confronted with it or be questioned about what their intentions were with it um, and then they obviously had the petition that they suddenly were all unaware of about defunding bsu mm -hmm. oh yeah never um, heard of her <laughs> yeah but it almost it just have. it just felt like they get to the slippery slope where oh well we can't actually back this up so let's go to talk about conservative students who are anecdotally afraid of speaking out in class which you know for some folks just speaking up in general even if it's about giving the correct answer to a math problem in class is hard enough but right. I, I genuinely think that in all the political science classes that i took and i'm sure you have the same situation ivy is that you're in a space where you can have these conversations like that's the whole purpose of this class is to talk about different issues every political science professor i had was very much down the middle of the road and they were like i want you all to talk about this openly that's the point yeah whether I... you're liberal or conservative and there were some classes where you know you could tell that there were more conservative folks and and then vice versa it, it just seems I like i'd like to hear from more teachers like more yeah. professors on this yeah i have but, a few professors know. who regularly will help be you know discussing a topic in class and you know they'll bring up like an idea and then they specifically will ask like I want someone to debate, like to mm -hmm. to bring up like a counter argument to this. Like, tell me this other side, argue this for me. Um, and I think that also, I mean, as this a gives people the space to uh, disagree, but it also helps develop the other side's understanding of the topic. And yeah. I see a lot of professors regularly practicing that. I think we're all better for it. Yeah, for having those conversations. And I think what they're confusing with oppression and silencing is just somebody saying hey i don't like what you're saying right yeah <laughs> which that's life kid mm -hmm. i don't know what else to yeah. say i mean we all experience that we all have people say hey your opinion sucks and then you say okay and you move on right. um that's very different from being forcibly silenced and from segregating um which that was another huge moment i'm sure a lot of people remember from that uh panel was representative Erbelding calling out Barbara E. Hart for repeatedly using the word segregating to describe what these inclusion efforts are doing. Um, so yeah, was that like a really big moment for a lot of students and for you? Yeah, I think out of the whole night when uh, representative Erbelding uh, was describing what the difference to segregation versus assimilation to uh, representative E. Hart, um, kind of got like the most like uproar out of them. It did. And yeah. I think it was shortly after that that um, representative E. Hart went into her screaming uh, yeah, moment. started to escalate a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely a big moment to talk about that just because they were trying to like turn this into... They were using this word segregation, and yet they also, like, so they only targeted the um, powwow graduation, the Rainbow Pride graduation, but also didn't target the Catholic or LDS graduation. And So was, those do happen. Those do happen. Um, mm -hmm. Yet it was just... 
those two that seem to get targeted or even just having, I mean, one of the bigger issues uh, during the panel was also the um, having a liaison for Native American students um, because that's like a whole staffing issue. And uh, it just seemed really odd to me that all of these just seemed to really hold on to this like racial aspect and yet they didn't talk about so like I specifically uh, utilized like this impact scholars program which is another diversity and inclusion program but that one didn't get targeted and that helps students who come from like a foster care background get into college and it was just really interesting to me to see them pick and choose which programs they wanted to attack which mm-hmm. ones were more valuable than the others and yeah it was just uh, the ones that you would find mostly white students in or are left fine. alone. Yeah. But the ones where you would see non-white students or non-straight cishet, whatever you want to say, um, that were more of a marginalized community. Those were the ones they have a problem with. Yeah. Right. I asked on Twitter. I'm sure you saw it. If anyone had any questions for you. And we got one from at Adam Farber. And he said, how do you plan to educate lawmakers on the necessity of your programs? Granted, they're not your programs, but on these inclusion programs. Is that something, a goal of yours, like as we head into the session? Yeah, so um, Ryan from the the vice president of the Black Student Association, I had a quick conversation uh, even before the debate had started. And um, I I also reached out to um, Marcella from the Latinx Club on campus and a few other programs just because I could recognize that um, I felt like it wasn't necessarily fair that their voices weren't specifically brought to the table for this event. Um, But I also wasn't the one to necessarily start this event, so I didn't have the freedom to make that happen. It was kind of the College Republicans event that we got to hop on to in the middle of it. And then it was like every time I asked for something, it was like pulling teeth. Um, And that was just something that they wouldn't budge on. Even when I was selecting panelists for this event, um, I was told like they had to either be an elected official or a faculty slash staff member of Boise State. They said specifically no student voices, um, which was just really odd considering we're having it at Boise State. Um, That was the other thing was that we were also directed that they didn't want this to be specifically like about BSU. And I was like, so you're telling me that we're going to have an event hosted by two BSU clubs hosted at Boise State campus, and you don't want us to talk about it relating to Boise State specifically? Regarding a letter that was specific about Boise about State. About Boise State. Correct. <laughs> wow. And uh, they were like, we just want to keep it general to the, you know, generalized American higher education. And I was just like, no. Oh. That's how they're making, that's how they're fear-mongering is how they, they make it, oh, look at what's happening in this state, in that state, and this is all going to happen here. Hence the title of the event. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so going back to what I was originally saying, uh, when I reached out to them, I, I wanted to specifically state to them, like, I know it's probably very frustrating that, again, your voices weren't specifically brought to the table on this, so now we're going to be working towards um, having our groups kind of come together and talk about how we can all work as like one cohesive unit to have another event. Um, because I know in the past we've had some issues with, um, like you had stated earlier, some of these people in the group don't identify as a Democrat. Um, so they have 
a, a bit of like weariness f to partner with us on events because they don't want people to feel excluded just because they're not a Democrat. And my argument's always been the enemy of my, of my enemy is my friend. And we can, like, we're all trying to achieve the same thing here. Um, and I'm hoping that through some like future conversations that we can all like go to the legislator and lobby together. That would be awesome. Have yeah. you felt that there was a divide in the support of um, the diversity and inclusion efforts? Do you feel like there's a partisan divide there? Or do you think that some of even like Victoria and those in the college Republicans are actually supportive of diversity and inclusion programs? I mean, there's definitely a divide before the debate happened, even just within the support of diversity. Um, it was really difficult even just during the rally to... Um, allow like BSU Young Dems to be a part of that. They, again, just like didn't want any kind of political association mm -hmm. with it, which I understood. But at the same time, this became partisan when 28 Republican legislators right. signed a letter. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't make it partisan. They did. And um, so I just have like we've we've just been kind of going back and forth on uh, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't necessarily see anyone from the Republican side who, within like the college Republicans, who necessarily agreed with having the diversity and inclusion programs. Uh, but then again, I also didn't have like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with everyone. <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, and I mean, if they don't want to work with the BSU Young Dems, but they still want these inclusion programs, they need to organize and and try to, you know. I yeah. mean, they can still do that. That's my question is, have you guys started an organizing, maybe not BSU Young Dems, but hopefully BSU Young Dems, an organizing effort to prepare for the upcoming session to go and talk about this kind of thing? That's what, um, when Ryan and I were talking, we were going to be having this like future conversation, hopefully in the next couple of weeks where we all can... Uh, sit down together because I still haven't heard anything back from the Student Pride Alliance group. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I've been emailing them since July and I haven't heard anything back. So, R.I.P. me. But we're uh, but we have been emailing with like the Gender Equity Center as well, just trying to like find this like common ground between our groups so we can all just work towards this common goal and hopefully be lobbying in yeah. the next session. Hey Idaho Dems, if you know somebody or you yourself are looking to do, do an internship with the Idaho Democratic Party, we have lots of those opportunities. They coincide with the semesters here in Idaho. So in January, we'll have lots of opportunities open to folks who want to get involved right before the 2020 primary, which will be a lot of fun for folks to uh, help us plan that and work with presidential candidates on on uh, their campaigns here in Idaho. If you're interested or know somebody who might be, head to our website, idahodems.org, go to the jobs tab and send an email and apply to be an intern and we'll be in touch. I'm super curious to know this will be, I mean, you'll graduate before the next upcoming election, but you won't graduate before the primary that's happening this coming this year. I don't, you don't have to answer who you specifically are leaning towards, but I'm curious if you have heard anybody a lot of people, whatever it might be, maybe at the BSU Young Dems meetings, where people's support is kind of leaning in the primary. Is there a couple of front runners or anybody? I mean, in 16, we had Bernie Sanders was overwhelmingly a young person campaign here in Idaho, but mm -hmm. there's so many more choices this time. I would say that there are a couple of names that get brought up a lot that a few of our members have even started like separate um, 
like student clubs for. So okay. there's like a students for Warren group. There's, um, I just got reached out to about like Amy Klobuchar today. There's a students for Bernie group. I think there is a students for Biden group, but I don't hear as many people talking about that one. That one got brought up like over the summer and I don't think they actually ended up making the group. Sure. I don't know if there was like enough people to start that one. But yeah, I think there's, I would say overwhelmingly, I hear a lot for Bernie and a lot for Warren. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It kind of seems to be, you know, where the trend is, but. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys have like um, debate watch parties or anything like that? Yeah, we've had a couple. Um, we usually have now actually been partnering up with the Political Science Association. Um, a lot of our members, there's like overlap between our two clubs because they're a nonpartisan group. Um, but a lot of their members are Democrats, um, but they like to be able to be a part of two groups. Um, and so we've been partnering and doing some debate watch parties together. And um, it gets pretty, it's pretty fun. Everyone's pretty vocal and it's mm-hmm. a good time. Yeah, we have straw polls at all of our yeah. debate watch parties. So if you haven't done that, it's a pretty Shit. fun. We do it with tongue depressors because that's the only thing I could find at Fred Meyer. But, you know, <laughs> they're just like, yeah, they're like pops. It's still pretty but, like, problematic to use straws in 2019. So. In Boise. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, but people love it. And yeah, I mean, you can get like a really a more clear idea of who people are digging at this point. Yeah, it's been interesting. We're a year out. Yeah, just almost. so much, so much different stuff going on. And I was voting in like three months now and. There's, it's gonna it's gonna be here before we know it. So I was just curious to see if you know who people were thinking at BSU because it's different than folks who are older. Frankly, yeah. right. I would say everyone's actually more focused on like the local election right now. Um, oh, that's sure. awesome. Yeah, we have a lot of our members who are actually like volunteering on like the Beater and the Lauren campaign. So cool. Um, it's been pretty difficult to talk. So we've invited, we've gone to um, events that Lauren and Beter have like put on just so our members could get more educated on the issues. And they invited us to have like a student's night. Um, so that way we could further explore those. But it's been difficult to talk about that within the meetings because we don't want anyone to feel like, like we don't ever endorse like a certain person. Right. Um, because we want everyone to be able to like come here and feel like they can have their own opinions even within the Democratic Party and it's okay. We should just be excited <laughs> that there's that many Democrats running. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting. Wow, that's really encouraging to hear that um, students are getting involved in local elections and local politics. It's definitely not as shiny as you know Elizabeth Warren or somebody that's running for president. <laughs> it's you know Shit. it's that's not as shiny. So. I want to talk just for. I want to circle back to what we were talking about before. Um, I want to talk about your piece that you wrote. How has it been since you wrote it? It's been pretty, I mean, I've gotten mo- like, I would say mostly just like support. Um, I don't read Facebook comments for my own self care. So <laughs> well, well, sorry before you, uh, for the listeners, um, Ivy wrote an op-ed about the diversity issue at BSU and why BSU needs inclusion and diversity programs so just as a preface but go ahead I think it was just it felt really good to be able to do the op-ed piece just because a lot of the media that we had done before the event was um, with Victoria and out of respect like for our working relationship we both like weren't necessarily diving into like the deep politics of it and just being like this is my specific stance on it. Uh, we were just mostly there to try to advertise the event to the public and get people to come out and just explain why it's important to have this. So this was yeah. like kind of like my chance to just be like, this is why 
I think that we need to have these. And it was after the debate. So people now were like educated on mm-hmm. what the arguments actually were. And um, yeah, I noticed that you guys were very, um, I guess, neutral about the whole thing mm-hmm. while ad- promoting the event and advertising for it. And then this came out after. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I I think some, it's just been really hard to just continuously like bite my tongue about um it it was just very frustrating, especially when the letter first came out that, of course, they write this letter, you know, they say it's in response to Mar- our, uh, the past interim dean, Martin Schimpf's letter that he sent out, but it just, you know, calculated in the fact that they waited until Dr. Trump started. She was our first female university president in Idaho, and then... You know, they, why, what, I just want to know, like, why didn't you just send the letter to Martin Schimpf? Like, why did you feel that you needed to send it to Dr. Trump? Um, a lot of these programs were in place when Kustra was still the university president. So why didn't you write a letter to Kustra? Um, and then right. on top of just students being gone, and it just, uh, I, yeah, frustrating cool. is the word. That, definitely. That can be the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> frustrating. Well, well I right. think that, uh, We've we've covered a lot. Yeah, we I did, think so. and we appreciate having you here. And if people want to get involved with BSU yeah. and Dums, what's the easy way to do that? We're on Facebook um, and Instagram, Twitter. If you just look up BSU Young Dems, you will find us. Well, Ivy Smith, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, that's another episode of ID Pod with Ivy Smith. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I'm Lindsay. I'm Jesse. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, guys.